the text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day is our epistle reading for today from Philippians chapter 3, and especially verse 14, where Paul says, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In just a little under two months, we will celebrate the rite of confirmation here with Cheyenne. And on that day, I already know part of what I'll say. I will encourage her to not think of her confirmation day as an end, but rather as just another step in her journey of faith. I would suppose that many of you will likely echo that message into her ears that day as well. But today I want to take that same message and put it into your ears. How can that same message that you would give to a 14-year-old about to be confirmed also be appropriate for all of you, some of you who might be a couple decades past your confirmation day? Well, sadly, it's not just confirmands who are sort of looking at times for an ending point when it comes to our growing in the faith. We are all tempted in one way or another to stop striving forward in faith. We get tired of running forward and just want the struggle to be done. And so we look for some place in our faith journey where we can sort of just take a deep breath, look back on all that we've done, but not really worry anymore about striving up towards what is ahead. Well, no doubt this is a particularly strong temptation at certain points in life, but it is really a temptation that we face each day in this walk of faith. Yes, we want to be done and to rest easy, spiritually speaking. We want to believe that somehow we've already run the whole race and that now we can take a little break. The scriptures, of course, tell us that our race of faith continues all the way until the Lord calls us to himself. Yes, only at the time of death is the race of faith over. Then, yes, we can rest. Then we can, like a marathon runner, collapse at the finish line, having given that last little bit of energy just to make it to the end. But until then, we are to run the race with endurance. And while we could say that there are many things involved in running the race of faith, today I want to focus us in on three things that we should be doing that are part of making sure we run that race all the way to the end. The first is that we must take our sins seriously. The second is that we must truly treasure the God who has given us such good news in Jesus Christ. And lastly, we should be willing to discipline our lives in a way that leads us back time and time again to Jesus and his word. Paul puts it this way, Christ has made me his own. And we can say the same. Christ has made us his own in baptism, and therefore we seek to strive forward and forward until that day when we get to see Jesus with our own eyes. We strive forward by seeking to conform all of our life to him and to his ways. But we're always 
tempted to do otherwise. We're always tempted to just be sort of comfortable with where we already are. We don't want to strive forward, and so we settle spiritually for where we are. So what about you? Have you decided that the race is over? Or have you decided that you will just settle spiritually for where you are now? You know, some Christians have settled for the idea that as long as they still claim to believe in Christ, that that is enough. They don't need to come to church. They don't need the sacrament. They don't need to repent of parts of their lives that are not in line with the faith. Is that you? Others have decided for more of a Sunday-only type policy. God gets Sunday, the rest of the week not so much. Well, they might not say it that plainly, but they confess their faith at church, but then it doesn't seem to have a whole lot of impact on the rest of their life. There's no time for devotion or prayer during the week in the home. Non-church activities have to run the schedule every day of the week except Sunday. And decisions are made generally by seeking the counsel of worldly advisors rather than seeking godly counsel. Is that you? Others decide that there are just certain parts of their life that are never going to change. That there are certain sins that are always just going to be a part of who they are. They lie to themselves and say, I just have a bad temper and it will always be that way. Men are tempted to say, hey, that's just how men are. We have this struggle, it'll continue forever. Others might say, I'm addicted to this or to that, and it'll just always be that way. The list could go on and on. But so often we decide that certain sins will just remain. Is that you? Others decide that they are young. And that that's an excuse to stop running the race, at least very strongly, for a while. Well, most of these young people still want to keep their identity as Christians, but they decide that the prime of their life is a bad time to be overly concerned with sin. They decide they need to live a little and experience things. They decide they'll use their new autonomy to explore other worldviews and dabble a little in this and in that. Well, they intend to return to the faith, but one sort of a spiritual timeout, so to speak. Is that you? Others say that they're old, and it's time to stop running. They've been around church their whole life. They've served on committees and held church offices. They've served funeral, meeting, or funeral uh, meals and led meetings. They say that their time is done. They say they don't want to strive forward anymore. Is this you? Others just say they're tired. Life has brought them to the point of exhaustion, and striving forward in the faith just seems like another thing that they don't have any energy for. Yes, nothing in their life can receive all that much energy. They're just barely getting anything done as it is. Even if their spirit would wake up one morning and be willing, their flesh is grievously weak. Is that you? I may not today have hit your exact situation, but let all of us admit that at times we want to believe that we have run the race far enough 
that we need not strive any further. We figure that we have battled with sin enough, that we know enough about Jesus and the story of salvation. We figure that whatever our level of spiritual discipline is, that it's enough, it'll get us by. Instead, the scriptures would tell us that we should do otherwise. First, we should readily admit that the sins that remain in our life are troublesome and, quite frankly, worthy of God's condemnation. We should always want to hear then again that great story of the scriptures which leads us time and time again back to contemplating how Jesus died and rose for us. And finally, we should seek to be disciplined in our spiritual lives. We should make time for prayer, for meditation upon God's word, and for acts of love towards our neighbor. Blessedly, we don't have to run this race, though, out of obligation or out of fear, because Jesus has placed us into this race graciously, and he's promised to us every good gift at the end of this race. No, we don't have to run out of obligation or fear. Instead, we run with gratefulness and anticipation. Gratefulness for what Jesus has already done for us and anticipation of what he will do for us on the last day. And so as long as the Lord gives us breath, we continue to run the race of faith. We continue to run it just like Paul said he knew he must continue to run it. We press onward towards that goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We forget what's behind and we press towards what is ahead. Our only desire should be that which was Paul's desire. That at the end of the race we might be found in Jesus and have his righteousness alone. So today we should repent of all those times when we've convinced ourselves that the race is over and we can rest. And as we do, Christ will give to us exactly what we need. No, he won't tell us just to get at it and do more and do better. Instead, he will forgive our sins. And he will give us that righteousness that comes through faith. Not that comes through the law and the keeping of it, but rather that righteousness that is given in Jesus alone. He forgives us of our lack of desire to run the race as we should. And he also counts his race as our own. When God looks down at us, he sees that we have run this race of faith with perfection. Not because we actually have, but because Christ has in our place. And then he fills us up with his Holy Spirit. He puts the strength back in our legs and in our lungs, so to speak, through his Spirit. He gives us what we need in order that we might run that race set before us with endurance. Christ has claimed you as his own. Therefore, run that race. Run the race until that last day when the resurrection of the dead is yours. When it is your possession. When you have been called from the grave. Don't stop running. Run this race. Oh yes, it's a marathon-type race. And that means that along the way there will be moments of exhilaration and there will be also moments of utter agony. But keep running. Keep running because Jesus has promised that at the finish line there is great reward for all who run it in faith. 
And he has promised to give you the strength you need to do just that. So I say to you today what I will say to Cheyenne in a couple months. Run the race. Run the race all the way until the end. You have not yet reached the end of your race of faith, so don't stop running. And if you're not going to stop running, then that means you better stay close to Christ. For he is the one that puts that strength in your legs and the air into your lungs. He is the one who has promised to never leave you or forsake you at any point along this race. So press forward. Because God has promised to you great things are waiting at the finish line. Amen.